Let's talk local music. Every region has a scene they can call their own, but none of them stand out quite like mine. It might not be as big as Manchester or London, but the songs are here fuel the hearts of everyone who lives here, including mine. I'm Chrissy Cameron, and in this four-part podcast series, I'm going to take you through the history of one of the most underrated music scenes in the UK and why I, along with everyone who works in the scene, loves where we come from. Welcome to the beat of the North East. From the early 70s, the North East saw major success stories coming out of its music scene. From names like Sting and Brian Ferry, to Lindisfarne and Dire Straits, it was full to the brim with talent. We were so big, in fact, we saw the likes of the Rolling Stones play at Newcastle City Hall in 1971, and even in the 1960s, it hosted names like the Beatles, Stevie Wonder, Little Richard, the Small Faces, and the Who, among others. But why was our music scene so beloved back then? I spoke to musician and venue owner Frankie Francis, who said, I think that, you know, there's a certain amount of, well, the acts you've named there, kind of working class and kind of had this kind of working class mentality where where they, they, they feel like they can sing and they can resonate with people who would be into their music. I mean, especially in, in Sunderland in the late 70s, you had quite a large punk movement. And, uh, you know, I think and, and punk is a kind of ethos which which remained in, in Sunderland's music and, and in Northeast music, I think, still as well. And that's because it's always a, a kind of reaction to society to a certain extent. Um, I, I think it was just, you know, I think it's as represented as other parts uh, of, of the country as well. Um, but maybe, you know... The longevity and the the success of those of those bands and those artists, especially in the early days, is because of their uh, seemingly humble kind of beginnings and outlook. And you know, the, there's always stories of like, oh, I used to, you know, uh, I used to work with Brian Ferry or something like that. There's always someone down the pub who used to, oh, I used to work with Sting or, so, you know, there's there's always those stories as well. And I also spoke to South Shields producing genius Martin Trollope who said I think there's a very strong sense of community and I think music is a, a communal thing it's not much fun when you do it on your own and nobody listens to it so it sort of makes sense that in an area like this where everyone is generally pretty friendly it sort of makes sense that we have a strong music scene that sort of feeds in into everything we do Historically and even still to this day the North East is known as a city for the working class, which Frankie spoke about really well. Back when our music scene got its first big break, people were still working in the mines and putting in hard shifts, which meant a lot of them, after these shifts, would have went to their local pub and heard music from people and bands who were just like them, singing about issues that everyone would have related to. And the bands and artists that we'd see performing at places like City Hall, were also acts that the average Geordie would have most likely had strong attachments to. And while we still get some of those big names, is there anything that our venues aren't doing that they might have been doing back then? Part of what's missing in the music industry now is money. Um, So back then, 
like any band were getting signed <laughs> because there was just so much money in the industry they were, they were pumping it in and taking a chance on so many different artists and then obviously the more artists that are invested in the more sort of break through and you sort of see those big names now um, but now in comparison we don't have that so I think there's, a, there's so many artists around now who in a different sort of financial climate in the industry probably would have been signed up and sort of have this heavy investment into them but labels don't take those chances now in the way that they used to I mean audience figures have dwindled as well as record sales so it's it's tough right now to be to be a musician you know you've got record labels essentially advancing artists on very little money and i've seen that just in the in the you know 10 15 years that i've been you know employed in and around the music industry so yeah it, it's changed quite a lot and i think it's always changing as well and it's constantly evolving but there needs to be some kind of breakthrough because it's it's harder than ever right now to try and establish yourself as a musician not just because of the music sales and the and the audience figures but because of um exposure i mean things like uh spotify which are essential and social media which are essential to try and build some kind of profile it's hard to try and grab some foundations and get some airtime on that because you know you got the homepage of spotify it's just absolutely saturated with major label stuff that's been pushed and look at the spotify charts for example um that's absolutely saturated with major label stuff that's been pushed so it's hard to cut through there's not a top of the pops anymore there's jules holland still but you know there's a lot of politics involved in there getting music on television is hard uh if you're lucky you might get your song played in the background of a reality tv show it's hard and, and you know and i think that's where radio comes in and radio is still such a powerful tool for for new artists in particular um although like you know you wouldn't get an exposure of like you know a, a, a single in the early 80s getting played on radio one would have millions and millions and millions of loyal listeners and they go out and buy it the next day on seven inch or whatever whereas now you know you're lucky if you get a late night radio one spin You've got things like Six Music, but then you've got lots of things like Amazing Radio, XFM, John Kennedy. You've got loads of community radio stations who will champion you. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it's a different game now. My sort of intuition is more around what's available and sort of the funding situations and things like that. Um, even when I was starting out as a musician, it's, it's different, but um, I used to be able to go to a community centre which had funding from local government and you could get really cheap recording and really cheap rehearsal which doesn't exist now so again that sort of makes it harder for people to get that leg up you might know frankie as the main man behind frankie and the heartstrings and martin has produced some of the northeast's best and upcoming talent over the past 20 years so i wanted to know how they got into the scene and what things were like for them in the early days so I first got like excited and invigorated in the northeast music scene when I uh, was went to college, and I got to meet a new group of friends really, and I found out like on a social basis they were going to to gigs on a local level, and I'd never really considered that because I thought gigs were something you would go to for like a big travelling band or something like that beforehand. Uh, I've always DJed as well, and I started going to some local gigs. There was the there was bands like 
Golden Virgins, Field Music, the Future Heads were breaking through quite a lot back then. There was a couple of bands I used to follow called This in Vegas, Third Planetarium, um, that 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 were that were very exciting to me. And a couple of, on a couple of occasions, I asked if I could DJ uh, in between the bands and uh, play some records and some CDs and stuff at the time in different small venues around the northeast. And that's how I became really involved in the scene in some you know regard and um and then and 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 then just just kept on going to gigs and supporting local art really you know it, it was more of like a community more than anything i mean you would always just go to the if someone you respected was putting on a gig you would just go because you know that they were getting a band from out of town who you may like and those gigs were were brilliant you know you'd buy a t-shirt or a record at the end of the show and you know, spend it speaking about music and discovering music. It was such an exciting time for music discovery for me. And, uh, you know, some of the music I got into then has, you know, lasted forever with me, you know. And it, that, that's, that, the best thing about music is there's always something else to follow it up. Why is that band inspired? So you, then you do the, you do more research and you find out that they are inspired by this scene or this kind of genre of music and you just it's an endless delve of music that's what the best thing about music is it was probably when i was about 16 um when i've got my first gigs and things like that and then it's sort of when you start branching out and i think my band at the time maybe when i was like 19 or 20 and we got like our first gig in newcastle and as as lads and lasses from south shields it was really exciting to get you know a, a, a gig in the big city um, and that's when you realise that there's other stuff going on um, and you sort of see the other bands around and you realise that there's like there's actually local music press and then you start to find out that there's you know BBC Newcastle and Spark and all these different things and there is actually a scene So, the scene was in an amazing place We had some of the biggest names in the world Music was at the heart of the city and it had a very strong pulse but then, the 90s hit, and suddenly, things slowed down. But why? 